This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 108 of the Healthy Critters Radio on the Horse Radio Network. Healthy Critters Radio is brought to you by Biostar US. Find them online at biostarus.com. On today's show, we share our favorite moments in horse sports, how to train recall with your dog, Tigger shares some of the cool products and companies she's found during COVID, and in Coffee Clatch, we ask, if your dog had pockets, what would be in them? Listen in. I'm Tigger. And I'm Patty. That's Tigger, that's Patty, and this is Coach Jen, producer of this year's Coach show. Jen. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs> So I'm I'm sharing with you that I am I've been watching a lot of food movies and and I think it's a way to keep myself from eating too much because I feel <laughs> perfectly satisfied watching these movies. So so far it's been Chocolat, Jules and Julia, Julia and Julia. Julia and Julia and yeah, the hundred foot journey. Another excellent one. Yes. Uh, oh yeah. Okay. Um, and I'm probably going to head towards Willy Wonka. <laughs> <laughs> now the original or the remake? I was going to say the original or the, yeah. Oh, definitely the original. Yes. I agree. We, we were watching the, the remake with Johnny Depp for a little bit the other day. Just no. It just it just doesn't no. No. It's not the same. Like Johnny Depp. He was I thought he was good in it, but you can't Gene Wilder is kind of Yeah. I I agree with you. I think I think that was actually one of Johnny Depp's better performances, period. (laughs) But where they took where they took it, the storyline, it was just a little bit too bizarre for me. Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. A little bit too bizarre. Yeah. He's great in Chocolat. <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't seen it, it's you know it it's all about chocolate and and the magic of chocolate and what chocolate how chocolate can change your life. And you. that's always been my philosophy. <laughs> yes. Wow. See, I that watching food movies has the opposite effect on me. I just want to nibble all the time. It's you know how when. As soon as you walk into the feed room, regardless of what time of the day or night, the horses all start to clank on their buckets because mm-hmm. surely there's mm-hmm. going to be food coming out of it. If you put mm-hmm. food on a video screen in front of me, all I want to do is go get my feed bucket and rattle it and make somebody put food in there. <laughs> okay, that's It has funny. the opposite effect on me. I, I feel really satisfied okay. watching That is so funny. And thinking about it. And in fact, I had just finished... Julia and Julia, or Julie and Julia, whatever that yeah, movie is. Yeah, I think is. that's what it was, Julie and Julia, yeah. Mm-hmm. And the next day I went to Whole Foods, <laughs> and I was thinking about the butter, because the butter is such a big deal in that I movie. Love. I love butter. And I walked over to the butter section, and I went, mm. <laughs> Really? <laughs> well, because it didn't have the butter I was looking for, and so I wasn't going to take a sub- subset butter 
because I am a butter snob. And then I was completely off the butter. But I, you know, I learned a lot watching that movie about, I wouldn't want to quarter a duck or whatever she was doing at the end. But, you know, the sauces, they, and, and when they would eat out at the restaurants, Julia and her husband, and you'd see them eat and you could just sort of imagine it must be the most incredible experience mm-hmm. to your senses, you know, chewing it and smelling it and tasting it. Now, doggone it, you're making me hungry. I'm going to go get my food bucket yeah. and rattle it. I know. Get some <laughs> know. popcorn. Go get some yeah. popcorn. There you go. That's funny. So um, that's how I'm handling my my food um, issues during COVID, <laughs> is satisfying yeah. them with good food movies. Good. During the good the Well, that's lockdown. good. Yeah. And I The 100-Foot Journey is just a remarkable film. Yeah, that's a In really every, fun story. I enjoy ev- that one a lot. Every yeah. It's yeah, so beautifully done. Again. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So if you've been watching food movies or you're trying mm-hmm. to find something to watch, I highly recommend get on Netflix and start watching food movies. Yeah. Ratatouille, yeah, we'll another of, good yep. food movie. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, see, that could get me one, one some pasta. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There we yeah. go. So that's three good recommendations. Mm-hmm. There you mm-hmm. go. And... And we have uh, an interesting discussion coming up that has nothing to do with food directly, but remembering some great moments in horse sports. Because I think being sheltering in place, your mind tends to go in lots of different directions. Yeah. And a little thing can trigger a memory. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times our... our especially horse people and dog people, a memory will trigger a, a dog or a horse, whether we had it or we watched it on TV or we read about its success and we feel aligned with it. And I'm going to start off by saying that, I, for me, the greatest moment in horse sports was Secretariat winning the Belmont. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's really hard to argue with that one. See, you, you went, you, <laughs> well, you, you can't you picked the low hanging fruit. Yeah, <laughs> seriously, I, I did. <laughs> I could watch that video over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. What an amazing, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. it's just such a, a such an amazing athlete. And then in the movie, it it's even heightened. Mm-hmm. You know, the owner says, "Let him run, let him run." Oh, that like, just oh, gave me chills. God. Yeah, that yeah. So yes. that one is at the top of my list as, and, as it the should most be. memorable. And in, in show jumping, I was remembering Joe Farges with Touch of Class winning the 1984 LA Olympics. Yeah. On that little mare. That little mare who wasn't even 16 hands or barely. What was her name? Touch of Class. Touch of class, okay. Touch of class, okay. And Conrad right. Holmfeld was second on Abdullah. Oh, Abdullah, that was an amazing horse. Amazing, and there's so many. It's hard to choose. There's so many, and Eric Lamaze on Hickstead, 2008 Beijing Olympics. <laughs> that was an amazing performance. Now, did you get? Did you get to? Have you ever gotten to attend any of the Olympics in, yourself, Tigger? Have you always had to watch it on the tube? Yeah, I've always preferred watching it on the tube, but I have been to 
World Cups, Aachen, and uh, European Championships. Yeah. Aachen is on my bucket list. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's fantastic. And if you're if you don't know what Aachen is, maybe give give us a a three sentence description of Aachen. Uh, it's it's the Olympics without being the Olympics. It's the best of the best in show jumping. And it's all at one venue. Dressage. It's all in one venue. Really good food. <laughs> it's what the World Equestrian Games should be. <laughs> yes. Right. Yes. But it's in yes. it's in Germany and it's an annual event and it's yep. it's a qualifying competition in that all the competitors have to qualify to qualify to get there, so it's the cream of the crop. And it's a giant what, two week long party? Yeah. Pretty cool. Mm. Yeah. Awesome. Excellent choices, so, Tigger. What else you got? Now in dressage, I actually was at the World Cup in Sir Toggenbush. When Anki won with Bonfire, oh, oh that, that must have been, been awesome. Cool. Yeah, I was. I, we had a VIP table, and I was with Susie Dunkley, as a matter of fact. Oh, Patty. oh, yeah, good old and, Susie. And it was to Bonfire's Symphony, which was music that they created for the horse, and it was unbelievable. It was magical. Yeah, I love Bonfire. Bonfire was such a cool horse. I got goosebumps Mm -hmm. just thinking about it. Yeah, and it was pretty amazing. Yeah, and she changed freestyle really. Yeah, that's that's a very good point. In in a very profound way, she took it to new heights. So that one's really memorable. I was at the 1989 uh, European Championships and saw Marguerite Otto Crepin win with mm. Corlandis. And as I recall, cool. in second place was Nicole Uphoff and Rembrandt. Mm. Oh, Rembrandt. Oof. He was well, a snack. He was. He was. But a he was snack. such a fruitcake. Oh, he, he was. He was a little oh, hot. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Yeah, no, he was a little hot. Um, and that's why he was second was because he had one of his, you know, bolts Blow in the corner. And, yeah. Yeah. Um, but her transitions were mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. unbelievable. Yeah. And even though I've never seen them live, I have to say that Charlotte Dujardin and, uh, oh. and Vallegro, I've seen them yeah. live at the Masters when the Masters was in Wellington one year. And they were still a young I think it was his only his second year at Grand Prix. Mm-hmm. But boy, when I watched the videos of him in the Olympics. Oh my gosh. Well, I, I got <sighs> to see her in Vegas and it was, it was just sort of like one of those things where it started to happen and you're like, like you're just, you just sort of sit there and you're like, huh, that's just all outstanding. That's all outstanding. I mean, she was, she was amazing. She was truly amazing. Amazing. How about you, Jen? Oh my goodness! Like you said, there's so many choice, so many big ones. Edward Giles freestyle at the oh yes. yeah yeah that's that's one of mine and, and that's one of mine. It sticks in my brain. I didn't see it. I was oh, there. It's amazing. I was there that when was I was amazing. working, and I didn't see it. And what what made it so special for me was we were. I measured it. We were a third of a mile away. 
and you could feel the people screaming. Wow. Oh, it was amazing. Yeah. It was just amazing. It was amazing. Oh, it was amazing. <laughs> yeah, we're going to have to put, we should probably put Totalus in there. Well, well yeah, Totalus is who he was riding. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, that, that was, that was my, my, my second, but yeah, that was a pretty that awesome. That was pretty cool. And another WEG. Because I have gone, I've not gone to very many world championship competitions, but I was lucky enough to go to both the 2010 and 2018 WEGs. The United States winning show jumping gold in 2018. Yes. And that was pretty cool. That was very cool. Because it, it, it was especially cool because up until that point, the beginning of the WEG was just such a travesty. Such a hot mess. Yeah. If, if and if you weren't yes. if you weren't listening to that, don't look it up on Wikipedia. It'll be all it'll all be there. <laughs> but, um, such nice weather. Such yeah, lovely weather after the hurricane was over. Yeah. So those two really stood out for horse sport for me. The because they, I think USA teams in general were a little bit down on in the dumps because we have not done all that well at. WEGs and world championships and the like recently. And then they pulled out a gold. It was a little, it was hoped for, but not really expected. So that was pretty cool. Yeah. 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 And one other one I will point out. And this is a, this is sort of a bigger picture thing. It slipped in under the radar when it happened. But if it hadn't happened, we'd be in a different place. The very first ever Road to the Horse in 2003. And it was just a little event in Tennessee. I think they had like a thousand people or two thousand people there. It was sold out, but it was a tiny venue because it really ushered in a new era, I think, in horsemanship here in the United States. That mm-hmm. we're still, it it still permeates today. Even if you've never seen Road of the Horse, a lot of what we see in horsemanship today is a result of that first competition in two thousand and three. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It, cool. Yeah. It, I, I, I forgot to mention that <laughs> <laughs> I forgot to mention my eventing picks. Oh, I've got those too. <laughs> I was oh, at girl. What's, yours? What's yours? What's yours? I was at the 1978 World Championships in Lexington and hmm. saw Bruce Davidson win. <gasps> that was mine. That was mine too. Oh, my God. Oh, that's so funny. Oh my God, that course! I, I I still remember it. I mean, I some of those fences were. I you needed to have oxygen to go over those fences. They were so high. Oh my gosh! <laughs> oh jeez. <laughs> and the other one was Tad Coffin riding Ballycore and winning the gold in nineteen seventy six mm. Montreal. Yeah, that one was pretty cool. That, that was. The old, old days of eventing. Back in the old days. <laughs> yeah, back when you had steeplechase and roads and track. And, yeah, right. And, mm-hmm. and the women had to wear weights. Well, there was a minimum weight required. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. It didn't, didn't matter who, what, what the gender was, but if you weighed less than 100 and... 100, I think it was 165 pounds with your tack. You had to, you had to carry weights, yeah. Oh, Wow. Which was most women, yeah. Hmm. Yep, and and a, a top class horse would have 
six competitions in his whole career because they could only do one or two a year. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. You betcha. Okay, t- p- Patty, what's yours? What's yours? What's yours? I want to know. I want to know. Well, I, I'm, I'm not as diverse. Mine are all, I mean, obviously, Secretariat. Totalist was another one. But I, I have, I also, Brentina with, uh, you know, her rider, Debbie McDonald. I can't think of her. <laughs> I think it was, I think it was in 2005 at the WEG. I just loved that because it was just such a, it was kind of like a breakthrough time and it was such a big thing mm-hmm. I, I love that I, I just love that that's a good one to look up and I have two other ones that aren't actually um, I was able to go to the Atlanta Olympics and one of the things that stuck out to me was Stefan Peters on Udon when he came out and he pulled out the little American flags from his shad belly I don't know I mean I, I couldn't even tell you about the ride but at that moment I was like oh my gosh that's so cool and I, I love I'm such a huge Stefan fan so yeah that was, that was, I mean, it wasn't like what everybody else is saying, but to me, that was one of those things that really stuck out to me. That was just so cool. It was just so cool. And nobody had done that. And, you know, he was so proud to be an American and it was just such a cool thing. And my last one is Aachen. And I don't know what year it was, but, um, actually Tigger, you're in my old acquaintance, David DeWispler told me the story and I did eventually see the video and it was remarkable of Juan Antonio Jimenez, I believe is his name. And he was riding a Lusitano stallion for Spain. I think it was Lusitano. Nope, sorry. He was a Pierre stallion. His name was Gizo. And he was just a little bay snack. And he was obedient and he was amazing. And he was doing like, he was doing canter to Piaf transitions. And it was just amazing. But in the midst of his test, a baying beagle is heard <laughs> Somewhere, David could tell this story so much better than me, but a baying beagle and all of a sudden through the middle of this horse's test and this man's test at Aachen, as you said, it's a big deal. They go running through the arena. I saw the video. Oh my God, the beagle runs through the arena? Chase. The, 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 yeah, chasing, I think it was a fox or something. It was, it was oh just, and it was, cause it's so funny. Cause it's like, you're watching the test and all of a sudden you're like, Hey, what's that there noise? It was amazing. And so David told me about this and then I was able, I don't know if he showed me a video of it, but I actually watched it. It was rem- horse never missed a beat. Never missed a beat. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And that to me was all about what training is. And so, yeah, that was pretty cool. And I think you can actually, to tell you the truth, I think you may be able to Google it, and it may show up. I don't. I have no idea what year it was, but I will. I'll. I'll. I'll figure it out. So, so we're all in agreement. Secretariat's number one, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's gonna have to be That's kind of. Yeah. Well, rightfully so, I do believe. And it's worth well, cool. watching the movie because oh, that, that oh, movie stays yeah. really true to the story. Well, it's and what true story? And my yes, it really does. And and I was very lucky for the um, the year that I went back to Virginia. I literally was the Barbara's yes. Farm. I don't know if is yeah. part of what the old meadow was. Um, and you can go to what's now a state fairgrounds, and it's a fairgrounds type of thing. But where a secretary was born, and see a stall where he was and they have um who else was who else did they breed like nazrula and somebody else but there's like still kick marks in the stall where he was fold and it's just like you know like you can tell there has been horses in there and it's kind of untouched 
And there's a really interesting, cool story. So when you go out the back of um, the property, I think it was like something ridiculous, like five, not 5,000 acres, but it was huge, but it encompassed this whole part of Doswell, Virginia. And if the, the barn that I was training out of, you could go out the back and go on a trail ride and you would end up sort of on a levee. And this levee is very famous because apparently Secretariat, as a coming two-year-old, jumped out of his field and they couldn't find him. And they looked all over and they were obviously getting a little crazy. And they ended up, they found him on this levee and one part just kind of drops down to, you know, land and whatever. And the other part drops down to a Creek and he was just standing there. So I like, I was like, I was able to go over a part of land where secretariat, like, <gasps> I know. His little was such a big deal. <laughs> so cool. So cool. Yeah. So well, if you have a memorable, famous horse or horse and rider, drop us a postcard. Where, at, where <laughs> they do that? <laughs> Buy a Star US, 1 Cleveland Street, Gordonsville, Virginia, 22942. Hola. <laughs> Hola. Saba? Oh. Uh, I don't know what that means. <laughs> it means, are things going well for you in French? Ah, why, yes, they are, Hetty. Thanks for asking. <laughs> bueno. Hey, Claudia. Um, oh. Hetty, uh, you have some big news to share with the audience. <gasps> big news. Oh, my gosh, I... No, I have big news. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So my human the other day, she packed us into the car. My bag was not packed. And so I assumed it was a day trip for when we go on a longer journey, my duffel is packed. I am so generous. I allow my sisters and my brother's things to be packed in the duffel, BTW, in case you were wondering. Anyway, so then off we went and we drove a long way north and north and east and mostly north and then we got to this place and it was barking 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 and so i felt right at home you know and then um (laughs) we were left in the car which i found tiresome and the human disappeared for some time and then one at a time my sister and i were taken from the car and i assumed perhaps i had come to meet jeff bezos but no that turned out not to be true Um, and so out I came and then there was a big pen, you know, like a size of a small pony stall with four very screwed up Pomeranians in it. Yes. Like maybe even as screwed up as I used to be. And two of the Pomeranians were more independent and were capable of functioning as individuals. But two of them were like a little two-headed monster, like me and my sister sometimes when we do the shining twin thing, where we just walk around as a pair. That's how they were. Mm-hmm. Only not as cute, because really, who could be? And so my human waited and waited, and we met the dogs, and a lady was supposed to come for one dog, but it became increasingly clear that these were a pair of dogs to not be separated. And so they had to herd them into a corner and one reared up so cute. I thought it was so cute and, um, and got its harness on right away. No problem. The smart one. I like to call that one. It has a serious underbite. It looks like a Habsburg. So corny. Also proper colored red. 
Then the other one reared up and everyone thought, oh, we got it. But then it went nuts and it was running around, running around, running around. And it bit the crap out of the human, which was amazing. I was so proud. And then finally they cornered her and they shoved her into her harness. And then to my shock and horror and sort of surprise and, and joy, all of us piled into the car and drove a long way home. Oh, and now I have two more Pomeranians, and we have a song. Short leggers, check them and see. We got a house full, come on and see. Short leggers, no, we don't always yap. Short leggers, we're short leggers. <laughs> oh, that's funny. So that's my story. Do they have, my sisters do they have, have names. names. Mm-hmm. One is called Peas Blossom. She's white and red. Not her fault. She has white on. We try not to hold it against her. I have white on my own face and mm-hmm. on my paws. Um, she has a lot more white and she's clearly obese, but whatever. A little lunging will take care of that. And then the little tiny red one with the serious underbite and cute little face like a dying is called mustard seed. So exciting. Oh, that's so cute. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty cute. Uh-huh. There's a lot of cute going on at this house right now. And Peace Blossom bit the human again yesterday. Oh. We love and admire her ferocity. Well, maybe it would be good for the human to wear a pair of gloves. She had her sweatshirt mm. pulled over her head, but what happened was, this is a great palm story, she spent all day chewing on the harnesses and nobody noticed that she chewed the clips right through. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Did you so tell her to do free. that? No. Maybe. She got free on the lawn, and the human knew she was pretty well screwed because you cannot catch that one. Mm-mm. But the little dog stupidly went into a shrub, and the human dive-bombed her. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. I anticipate further exciting, interesting, and fascinating oh, stories from Hedwig. I, yeah. Oh, for sure. You can see on my Facebook page a picture of all of us on the couch. Oh. They so kind of colonized my couch, but I'm pretending it's okay. That's how generous I am. <laughs> You're very generous. I know. One in a million. Well, <laughs> thanks, Eddie. We're, we're excited for you, and we look forward to yeah. hearing the further adventures of your Pomeranian pack. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Look out, world, because I'm a teacher this Eve. Bye-bye, Hedwig. Okay, thanks, Eddie. So we are at the <laughs> Tickapatopedia, say that three times fast, section, and we thought it would be a great idea for people out there to get like some training tips that Tigger and I, over the years, because we've had so, so many multitude of dogs, because they're awesome, just some training tips for, for what we do. So Tigger, what subject will you be doing? I'm doing training dogs to a whistle. And I'm going to be doing just a basic recall. 
for like when you get a puppy. And, and so I'll start Tigger because then it can, I think yeah. it can branch into what you're doing. So, you know, whenever you get a puppy or a dog, it doesn't need to be a puppy, but, or a new dog. It can dog be a rescue. Your, yeah. It can be a wonderful rescue. You know, the big thing is, is to establish the, the dog's name. So that let's, so we're talking about Bert, Bert, the, the rescue you can do to start with is once the dogs to know their name, I always, and <laughs> I always have treats in my pocket and I just always have little treats that I can break up that I can, you know, always give them. But one of the things you want to do once they learn their name is every time they say it and they come to you, give them a treat. And that becomes a bridge of them going, Ooh, a positive thing. Whenever I go to see, see mom. So once you do that in the house and the dog gets good at that, you want to go ahead and bring them outside and always put them on a leash if you don't know the dog, especially if it is a rescue or if it's a puppy. And you do the same sort of sort of thing where every time you say their name, and I always say, you know, Burke or catch, you know, here, whatever command you want. And every time they come, I give them a treat. Now, when you bring them outside, you do it on the leash the first couple times. Again, if they're not paying attention, you can give a little tickle on the leash, Not put, never pull, never jerk on them. But once they get the idea, whenever you say their name, they want to turn and look at you. And then if you say here or come, whatever your command is. So eventually that can lead into being able to take them off the leash and then you get them to come. But always have something in your pocket. The first time that I take them off the leash, I like to have something a little more substantial than a regular treat. So I always try to have cheese. And when you're packing cheese, your dog's always going to come. <laughs> Unless you have a dog that doesn't like cheese, then go to a hot dog. But I'm telling you right now, you have a hot dog or cheese and you're going to get a dog to <laughs> yeah. come. And so pretty much 90, I would say 98% of the time, my two Aussies, no matter what I am doing, no matter what is going on, if I say their name, and they can hear me, they will come and they will come flying because they, and at this point, you know, if, as you start to do this, when they're, they're, um, you're giving the cheese or the hot dog and you want to do this over easily, I'm going to say a six week period. So they constantly know that they're going to get that. And then you want to bring them back into the house and have, you know, different challenges in the house because distractions are always the hardest thing when people are trying to figure out how you get your dog you know, to listen to you, but always, I always like to say their name first. So they know that I'm talking to them because I can get my dogs to one dog can sit and I can have the other one come. And these are easy things to do once you've started off with a simple recall. But the big thing is, is that when you start to get to places where there's more distractions, you always want to have a bigger treat, whether it's cheese or a hot dog or whatever. So that's a very simple way to get your rescue or your new puppy to start to come after you've established how to teach them their name. Tigger? I just want to add that the reward has to be fast. I mean, mm -hmm. you don't want to wait. <laughs> they, they need it immediately. And what I do when I'm teaching the recall is when I'm teaching them their, their name, I treat and then I scratch them under the chin. And I oh, do that so, so that when I don't have a treat, they're still getting a reward, which is the scratch under the chin. Because sometimes you just don't have a treat in your pocket and, you know, you want a reward. That's a good point. But there's always an air biscuit. <laughs> I'm just telling you, Tigger, do it tomorrow. You're going to be like a patty pig. Because sometimes so, I don't have biscuits. Being yeah. on a farm, recall can be tricky mm -hmm. when they're off chasing deer or, I mean, it's it's 
big space, so sometimes they can't hear me. So that's when I came up with the idea of a coach's whistle. And this is the easiest thing in the world to train. You, you literally have the dogs around you. You blow and treat everybody as soon as they look. At the, you know, as soon as you notice that they hear the sound, you treat. And you do this for a few times, and then you go outside. I, we have a, a fenced-in dog paddock, I call it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just walk around, and I'll blow the whistle, and, and they come and they get treats. And it it doesn't take, especially Australian shepherds, it does not take long, and they get it. So I can be mm-hmm. out walking. They can be running in the woods. I blow the whistle, and they come back like arrows shot out of a cannon. Mm-hmm. And that's that's all it takes to, to training to a whistle. That's pretty cool. Yeah. That's pretty cool. And it, you know, I think that that was such a good point, Tigger saying, having like a scratch or whatever. And my, my air biscuit is just when you pretend you're going to give them a treat, it doesn't last long. You get one, maybe one or two, if you don't have anything in your pocket, but a scratch is better for sure. But it's amazing the things that you can teach them once you, once they realize that it's going to be a positive um, reinforcement, which would be the treat or the scratch or the occasional air biscuit. <laughs> <laughs> Or the the last crumb in your pocket, or the last it crumb in the your sign of a yep. size of a grain of sand. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it's funny. I put my hands in my pockets, and my dogs like it. And I have literally oh, gotten to that. If point. If I walk around with my hand in my pocket, my dogs are around me like glue. Absolutely. It's and great. they're watching that hand. Yep. Like anything. It's great. <laughs> it is great. Well, if anybody else has other great ideas on how to do a recall or train with a whistle or train with an air biscuit, let us know on Healthy Critters' Facebook page. So I wanted to share with you some cool companies and products that I've discovered during COVID because, you know, like a lot of you, I have a little extra time on my hands. So one of the first things is a pet hair remover. It's from a company called Mm. The Best Store. And these are laundry discs. They're in the shape of a paw. You use like two or three in both in the washing machine and the dryer. And I got my first set because I was a little skeptical, but I thought, you know, dog hair, I've got plenty of it. And they're so wicked cool. So you you throw them in the washing machine and when the washer's done, the hair is, is on these plastic paws. And then you just literally rinse them off and then you throw them in your dryer and you have much less lint in your, in your lint remover and they're stuck to the, to these paws. And then I found that you can use the paws on your clothing and just, Oh, really? (laughs) Yes. But for, um, um, an eight dog family, I have found that three (laughs) discs per load is perfect and you, and they're just reusable. I mean, you just wash them off, throw them in again. So it's called the best store. The best store, okay. And 
Yeah, it's the best store, and they're pet hair remover for laundry. Okay, that I'm that I'm writing down. Okay. So the other thing, um, because I have plenty of time, and I've been so inspired by reading the Overstory, which I think I talked about in, in another episode, um, at the Pulitzer Prize-winning story about trees. It's made me want to. Um, plant more trees. Now, I do have a lot of trees. This is a very old farm, 1830. So we're not lacking trees. (laughs) But I want to keep supporting the the tree people. So not the human tree people, but the tree spirits. So I found this really cool company called fastgrowingtrees.com. And they have all sorts of trees, oh, and wow. they're oh. and they sell them at a decent height, like four to five feet. Wow! So it's not just a dinky, you know, one inch, one one foot. I got a black tartan cherry tree to go with our other cherry tree, whose mate perished. I got a Norway spruce, and then I got oh, wow. the most amazing hydrangeas. Oh, oh wow! And, um, yeah, they're, they're very, they're great to work with and, um, they have a, a warranty on their trees as long as you take care of them and, you know, water them and dig them a nice hole and take care of them. So I highly recommend if, you know, it's still kind of here in the mid Atlantic and North where it's still pretty nippy. So mm. it's still good tree planting time. So if you're thinking of planting, you know, fruit trees or I love evergreens, so I wanted to add another. The Norway spruce gets to 50 to 70 feet. I I probably won't be alive when that happens. Wow. Note to self, put it somewhere where it has room to grow. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Note Um, to self. Not along a fence line. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I highly recommend fast growing trees. And even if you don't end up buying a shrub or a tree, it's really fun to look at all the different varieties of trees they, they offer. I've mentioned this before, but I've just gotten another order from Misfits Market, the company oh, that takes people. My, my vegetable and fruit people. Mm. And <laughs> this week we had apples, oranges, celery, cucumber, squash, pears, lettuce, acorn squash, and... Uh, green beans and yeah wow yeah and for $22 it's 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 a bargain Mm. and you get such a nice variety which is what I like so misfits market and and it really helps farmers because these are this is produce that doesn't fit the perfect grocery store image and there's nothing wrong with them. They're they're not, they don't have, you know, bruises or anything. They're just, you know, smaller. Oh wow! Um, another find is uh, Butcher Box, and mm. uh, got my first order from them. Grass finished beef, free range organic chicken, and heritage bred pork. And you can have them curate it for you, or you can, you know, self curate. 
This is the most beautiful meat I have ever seen. The basic box from Butcher Box um, is six to eleven pounds of meat, and the larger box is sixteen to twenty-two pounds of meat. And you can have it delivered every month or every two months, and you can cancel any time. It's premium. We got the chicken and bacon, which we don't eat, because we had them. Cur- I had them curated because I had no idea what I wanted. Being a mostly a vegetarian, I wouldn't know. But Peter cooked up some of the grass-fed hamburger, and he said it was supremo. So wow. <laughs> I highly recommend Butcher that Box. That looks awesome, yeah. Now, I have probably one of the oldest thermometers on the planet. I, I think I got it when I was in college in the 70s. Oh, that's <laughs> know, so it still funny. Mercury in it. So I decided it was time to upgrade our, my thermometer. And I discovered Kinza Health. And their mission is to stop the spread of contagious diseases by offering smart thermometers, real-time health data, illness triage, and predictive modeling. So I signed up. You get you sign up. You get a you buy a thermometer. It you know in like three seconds it tells you what your temperature is. You can use it under your armpit or in your mouth or rectally, which that's that's a no go for me. Yeah, and it it comes with an app. And the app, you know, I'm not techie, but the app was easy. And it every time I take my temperature, it records it on the app. And oh, wow. if your temperature goes, if you start a fever, it will start asking you questions like, you know, da-da-da-da-da, whether you need to go to a doctor. And it's it, the data that they're collecting is relating to COVID. So... You know, let's say you have symptoms of sore throat and the fever and, you know, you're having a hard time breathing, then they're collecting that data from anybody else in the area as well or Virginia or the Mid-Atlantic that has the same symptoms. And eventually we'll be able – it will be able to be used to, to you know, track containment and mm. – um, so I, I I really like Kinza, and every time you buy a thermometer from them, they donate a thermometer to a family in need. Oh, so wow. So it's a really cool company, and that thermometer is so fast. It's unbelievable. And the app is really cool. So um, I discovered this company called, it's funny, First Saturday Lime on Shark Tank. <laughs> oh, Wow. So this is a small American company founded by a multi-generational farming family. And what they've discovered is to reduce chemical herbicide and pesticide use. Lots of farms, of course, use lime. Now, they not only use lime on their fields, but they'll use it around their barns. And But the problem is lime is very caustic, right? It burns your skin. And when you inhale it, it's really bad for your lungs. Well, they developed a precipitated calcium carbonate. So it's not caustic and it won't react with moisture because it's insoluble. So this means it's safe for your skin. You can use it around barns and chicken coops and houses to kill parasite larvae, prevent the growth of bacteria, and neutralize acid from urine. 
It also kills fleas, lice, and mite. So I ordered some, came unbelievably fast. And the first place I took it was the chicken coop and spread it around. Because, you know, in a coop, there's a smell. Even when you clean it every day, you know, chickens like horses have their own smell. And I'm telling you what, it neutralized that in hours. Hmm. So now I've sprinkled it around the barns. I put it in the place where the, the hens like to get their dust baths because it's good for lice. And although none of our chickens have lice, we'd certainly like to you prevent to keep it. it that way. Yeah. Exactly. And it, I think it would be great in barns to reduce odors. You can use it on on you know on your plants. In other words, you can use it around in your garden. So I I highly recommend first Saturday lime. They have incredibly fast customer service and it's a it's a great product you can handle with your hands, which is amazing. If you've ever handled lime, it's horrible. Yeah, hydrated mm. lime. Yeah. yeah. That's different than yeah. agricultural lime. Yeah. Yeah. So those are my um COVID company shopping tips. <laughs> They're good. Yeah, They're good. Cool stuff. Yeah. <laughs> real horses and real dogs are healthier, perform better, and recover more quickly on real food. That's why BioStar empowers horse and canine owners with 100% whole food nutrition, supplements, and feeding programs. BioStar products are made at their own certified non-GMO facility in Gordonsville, Virginia, using real fruit ingredients that are raw, freeze-dried, or dehydrated, never cooked, and are free from artificial flavors, colors, soy, corn, wheat, and molasses. The BioStar product line includes a wide range of whole food, horse and dog supplements, treats, and unique artisan poultices that embrace the ancient and traditional uses of clay and plants. Visit BioStarUS.com today and learn about whole foods and canine and equine nutrition so you can make the best decisions about the care and health of your horses and dogs. That's BioStarUS.com. Whole food nutrition the way nature intended. So now we're at Coffee Clatch and... Our question is, if your dog had pockets, what would be in them? <laughs> just, it's just the whole thought of, of it makes me laugh. Of, of uh, not Pluto, the other, Disney's other dog. Disney's Lady Goofy, and the Tramp. Thank you. Goofy. 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 <laughs> Stuffing his hands into his pockets and pulling <laughs> paper clips and bits of string out. Sorry. Dating myself. All right, go ahead. Continue. Yeah. So, Patty, what would be in your dog's pockets? Well, I went with my. I have I have two Aussies, and I thought I would focus on Catch because Catch is the younger of the two, and he is very athletic, and he likes to do lots of stuff. But Catch Catch would have an iPad. In his pot word or a phone, <laughs> because he wants to watch sports. Now I'm not just talking about any sports. But it's got to be any sports like tennis with a ball, something yep. that you know he's very he's very much in into being able to watch and and just he likes to participate. So he's he's a jock. He's definitely a jock. And then I do think that because 
and he would also have a leash in his pocket to tie me (laughs) (laughs) to what he refers to as the pole when he doesn't listen to mom when I'm not paying attention. So it Uh would be, uh, yes. And, um, and, and there's water there and there's always snacks. We we're always given snacks when we come back, but I would be tied definitely to a pole with some (laughs) snacks. Now, now, well, Wookie would be, she'd be carrying lip gloss and my credit card. Yeah. And she wouldn't be buying clothes necessarily, but um, she would be, (laughs) she'd be buying, you know, drinks at the bar. (laughs) Yeah. Well, she, she wants everybody to be happy. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Crockett, my intact male, he would definitely have car keys. Oh my and, gosh. I had um, the same thing. That's so funny. And condoms. <laughs> okay. I cannot believe you said car keys. That is so funny. I had that for Burke. He would have car keys. <laughs> but not for the same reasons. Because he doesn't want condoms. He just wants to go to the store for me if I need something. Because <laughs> he's always trying to please me. He'd have a picture of me in his pocket. He's like the... He's like... There's nothing that can happen in life without Burke watching me. Like he, well, you know, you, you know how yeah. he is. And so he would have car keys like, mom, you want to go to the store? He might go, I'll, get, I'll go to the store. Do you want a candy bar? I'll go get you a candy bar. I'll totally do that. Like, he's always just like, whatever you want. I would totally do it again. And he would have a picture of me in his pocket. <laughs> I cannot believe you said car keys. That's so funny. Well, Crockett would want the car to take out the babes. <laughs> you know? Oh, sure. Yeah. No, that makes sense. That could be catch in a year, but right now. Now, Sabi would have business cards. <laughs> well, <laughs> that makes sense to me. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, he would be passing out his business card because he's the Walmart greeter. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Now, um, Keen would have his baseball card collection. Oh, yeah. Showing that off. Yeah, he'd be showing that off, and he'd—I would think he would probably have a, a Swiss Army knife because he's obsessed with wood. He likes to chew on it. He likes to carry it around. So I would think that he would use it. You know, maybe if he had a Swiss Army knife, he'd start whittling. <laughs> oh yeah, he—he—he he, he, he could whittle a flute. Oh, that's so funny. Jen, Jennifer, um, our Greyhound Glory, who recently passed, but if she had pockets, there would be three things in her pockets. Okay. First, she would have we're gonna, three balled up tissues. <laughs> Not because she needed to blow her nose, but in case of stressful events, she could rip them out and shred them. Okay. Okay. Because that is the one thing that that dog would do when she was stressed was she would take some tissues out of the trash can. Only a few, not the whole trash can, just a few and shred them into tiny little bits. So that's the first thing she would have in her pocket. Okay. Second thing she would have in her pocket, it would be her cell phone. It would be an iPhone and it would have a pink sparkly case. Oh, (laughs) and it would have 500 pictures of her and Glenn. Ah. Oh. So that she could scroll through them and show her friends every day. 
That's my dad. That's my dad. That's my dad. Adorable. Yep. Oh, that is so funny. And the third thing she would have in her pockets, it was her chapstick, could not survive without it, would be Biostar Theracalm. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) She could Uh, not get through a week without her Theracalm. (laughs) Oh, bless her. That's so funny. That's what she would have in her pockets, yeah. That is so funny. Are you going to get yeah, another Yeah, that was... Dog? Go ahead, Patty. Or Tigger. Tigger said you're going to get another dog. Uh, we will. Ev- I'm sure we will eventually get another dog, probably a greyhound. It's our personal favorite. But we're taking a little dog break here in April of 2020, in the middle of the pandemic. Probably not the best time to bring a new family member in, because uh, things are a little bit screwed up right now. If you don't yeah. know what the pandemic is, because you're listening to this podcast in 2025, Google it. <laughs> And you will get lots of information. You'll get more information than you ever wanted. But yes, there will probably be another greyhound in our life or perhaps a standard poodle. We'll see. Oh, cool. That's That's my personal favorite. I love standard poodles. Well, you know, Tigger and I can get to work on this whenever you want. <laughs> We're very good at this. <laughs> Tigger, I'll be texting you some uh, yes, places where we yes. can get some dogs Greyhound right rescue. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. I was say greyhound or even poodle Standard rescue poodle. for sure. And you know what Cor- is so interesting though? Too. Corgis are on the list. Too. About, about the COVID is that these shelters are empty of dogs. I know. So yeah. many of them. They're just being yeah. adopted, which is so wonderful. Yeah, see, yeah. my only concern is, see, you know, ever practical. Okay, they're adopting pets because they have the time. They're home. Are they prepared for transitioning that pet to when everybody goes back to school and work? Mm-hmm. That's what I always well, talk about, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's great yeah. that they're fostering now. It's great that they're taking them home. It's just like getting a pet at the holidays. Please, 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 please keep in mind that there's going to be a second transition in your life when you go back to work. Yeah. And that's a big reason we're not getting one right now. It's just things are very much in flux. Our... Our schedules are messed up. Everybody else's schedules are messed up. Not the best time. And and there will be one who wants a loving home when we're ready. Yeah. That's yeah. Right. Absolutely. And well, uh, it, I it, think it that's will pop off the perfect. screen on Pet Finder to us, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> or we'll be getting it back from Tigger and I. But or we'll, I'll we'll, get a text we'll from talk Tigger about and you. <laughs> yeah. We'll talk, we'll talk about that later. White Poodle, by the way. White. Oh, okay. 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 Or shampoo. A, a partic- particular color corgi? Um, I like the Pembrokes. Yeah. And I like the tricolors. But yeah. I, you know, I like them both. The tricolor and the brown and white, I like both. And the red, um, yeah. And the red, but I definitely a Pembroke corgi. Absolutely. Yeah. The, the stand-up ears are the best. <laughs> <laughs> Wings. They can pick up Beijing. They're yes. like yes. they're like Bart. satellite dishes. Right. Radar dishes there. Perfect. That was so funny. Well, let us know what would be in your dog's pockets by yeah. sending us a postcard, postcard. to Star US, 1 Cleveland Street, S- Gordonsville, Virginia, 22942. Oh, I just had an idea. Next what? show, let's do if your horse had a backpack for school, what would he put in it? Oh, perfect. <laughs> What will be in his school book bag? Oh my gosh, I can't wait to do that. That's a good one. Oh, but I can't play that. <gasps> you, you, you can you can use any horse out in your field, or you can you, you or you can use you can use you can you can rem- you can do whatever you want. Or you can pick a famous horse. What would Totalus have in his backpack? 
Oh, that's true. But I don't know him. Yeah, but you could pretend. You know, I guess. What would Zenyatta have in her pocketbook? Yeah. <laughs> Pictures of Brad Pitt. <laughs> and with that. Thanks for listening, everyone. And thanks to our sponsor, Biostar US. You can find them online at biostarus.com. Get the Horse Radio Network phone app on iOS or Android by searching for Horse Radio Network in the App Store. It's free and easy to use. For details about today's show, go to HealthyCrittersRadio.com where you can find links, photos, and more information about our guests. As always, we love your feedback. Please follow us on Facebook under Healthy Critters Radio. Be sure to visit all the great shows on Horse Radio Network at HorseRadioNetwork.com. Love your dog. Hug your horse. Feed your chickens. Clean your litter box. Dance with your goat. Slither with your snakes. Howl at the moon. Hang with your hamster. Party with your parrot. Waddle with your walrus. Outwit your otter. Cuddle your cows. Rap with your raptor. Go chipping with your chipmunks. Forgive your fox. While hedging your hog. We also recommend that you rack with your raccoon. Gyrate with your giraffe. Meditate with a meerkat. Uber with your orangutan. Facebook with your flamingo. Ponder with your panda. Walk with your wookie. Yawn with your yak. Twitter with your toucan. Go raining with your reindeer. Dropbox your dragon. (laughs) 